Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. Who's ready to stand for what does matter? Amen. We're going to be looking today at John 12, 19. Now, I'm going to be transparent with you. I couldn't wait. I could not wait to come today to speak to you. I, I feel like God has given me a word for you, not just for your neighbor, not just for church, but for you. Who came to get a personalized word today? Today is Palm Sunday. It's the beginning of Holy Week, and that's familiar to many of us. But for the Jewish people, it actually would have marked the day that they would call Lamb Selection Day. It's the day that Jesus would have come in on the Jewish calendar. It would have been Nisan the 10th on Sunday. And Jesus would have come in. And this, this Sunday marks the beginning of Holy Week for us. But it's Lamb Selection Day for the Jews. Now hear me. As we celebrate Palm Sunday, this leads us to the crown jewel of our faith. The crown jewel of our faith is this, Jesus conquered death. Does anybody believe that Jesus is alive? Are they, I said, are there any believers here and online? Let's look at John 12, verse 9. It says, now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came. You know the key to growing your church? Just get Jesus there. They found out that Jesus was there, and they came. Not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus. One little side note, they don't just come to see Jesus, they come to see you. They want to see what Jesus has done in your life. How many of you can say folks could look at you and know that Jesus is real? Come on. They came to see Lazarus, whom he had also raised from the dead. But the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Man, I, I feel like I could preach this whole text. I want people to see me and walk away and believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. They took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Watch this now, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold your King is coming, sitting on a donkey's coat. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him, because they heard that he had done this great sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, watch this now, look, the world has gone after him. Is there anybody here that's gone after Jesus? Now, remember today is Palm Sunday on you and I's timetable, but for the Jews, it's Lamb Selection Day. Now, in many churches, there's a lot on the menu. Religion is on the menu. Come on. In America lately, in many churches, we've had a lot of turkey on the menu. Can I get a witness? But today at Calvary, lamb is on the menu. The special of today is lamb. So I'm going to preach for a few minutes along these lines. I'll have the lamb. Yeah, my heart is broken. I'll have the lamb. My family needs healing. I'll have the lamb. My nation needs revival. I'll have the lamb. I need a new beginning. I'll have the lamb. How many of you are going to have the lamb with me today? 
Oh, come on, slip up your hands. Father, thank you for people here in my live stream. Speak to us and lead us into a deeper revelation of who you are. Thank you, Lamb of God. We love you on this Palm Sunday. Before you sit down, tell three or four people, I'll have the Lamb. I'll have the Lamb. I'm not sure what you're having, but I'll have the lamb. I need help in my life, so I'll have the lamb. I need a breakthrough, so I'll have the lamb. I'll have the lamb. There's a lot on the menu today, but who wants the lamb? Oh, come on. Who needs healing? I, I, I want the lamb. Who needs breakthrough? Just have the lamb. The story of Palm Sunday is recorded here, but also in all the Gospels, and and each one of them differs only a little bit in insight and perspective. The narrative is ultimately the same. Jesus came into Jerusalem riding a donkey. He enters on this Sunday. This would have been for the Jews the 10th day of Nisan on their calendar. But it would have also been, as I said before, Lamb Selection Day. It was the Jew, it was the day that the Jews chose their sacrificial lamb. It would be the lamb that they would use for the Passover and they chose it on that very day. But don't miss that it was on this day that Jesus came riding into Jerusalem. He's riding on a donkey. Come on now, a lamb is on a donkey and he's coming to offer himself as the sacrifice for sin. Jesus, the Lamb of God, is riding on this donkey and he comes through a gate that was known as none other than the Sheep Gate. Now, Josephus, the Jewish historian, tells us that there were probably 250,000 lambs that had been placed now and brought into Jerusalem for preparation for Passover. These were special Passover lambs that actually comes from the region of Bethlehem. They bred these lambs for sacrifice. Isn't it amazing that your Lamb of God was born in Bethlehem? 250,000 lambs are now in Jerusalem as they prepare for Passover. It's amazing to me that there's a lamb riding on a donkey on this day that's about to replace every natural lamb. He is the lamb of God. He is your savior, your deliverer, your healer. He is the ancient of days, the captain of the host, the holy one, the mighty one of Israel. He is king of kings and lord of lords. He's coming in to Jerusalem now and he's riding this donkey. It's lamb selection day. Lambs are running all over the place. But as Jesus comes in, don't miss what is happening. The people begin to celebrate and they start waving palm branches. And to us, we think the waving of palm branches represents peace. But there's a whole lot more going on here than just meets the eye. Remember when they shouted out to him, they shouted out Hosanna to the king of the Jews. Now they're waving these palm branches and to us that seems like a peaceful gesture. But really it was so much more than a peaceful gesture. If you look behind the scenes, it was actually a political statement. They were making a political statement because throughout their history, the Jews had been enslaved and in, in captivity and in bondage to the Babylonians, the Persians, the Assyrians, and now they're dealing with the Romans. And there was a militant group called the Zealots, and these Zealots were in total opposition. They were in rebellion to Rome. In fact, if you know a little bit about them, they were the ones who carried those curved swords, and they were always on the verge of trying to get Israel to go into rebellion and go into war with Rome. And here the Jews are. They're waving these palm branches. And as I said, it seems like that was a symbol of peace. But in reality, the symbol for the zealots was actually a palm branch. That's how they identified themselves. These zealots identified themselves with a palm branch. So here they are waving these palm branches and shouting, 
Hosanna. Hosanna means save us now. They're shouting Hosanna to the king of Israel. Now, these zealots were intense, and, and they were all through the crowd. In fact, there were two disciples that had originated and started out as zealots. There was one called Simon the Zealot, and surprisingly, even Judas Iscariot was a zealot because that's one of the reasons why he betrayed the Lord because he was trying to speed up the timetable because he wanted Jesus to be a military king. So here they are waving these palm branches, identifying with the zealots, and the ruling Romans saw this as an act of war. It sent shock waves through Israel. It sent shock waves through the religious elite, and they were afraid that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the priests were panicking because they were in cahoots with the Romans and Jesus was fully aware of what was going on. He was not ignorant to the fact and reality that as the people were waving palm branches, what they were declaring here was a declaration of war. Listen now, this is why Jesus stopped and began to weep. He wept over Jerusalem, the Bible says says he stopped and he wept and the Bible says that he that that he wept because he understood that Israel didn't didn't realize that this was the time of their visitation he's weeping because he's coming now as a suffering Messiah he's coming into the city as the Lamb of God he's weeping now because the people are waving palm branches and they're wanting a militant king who will lead them into war and oust finally the dreaded Romans they wanted a king that would lead them in a military battle but he came as the Lamb of God and there he is is feeling the sting of rejection he stops there and begins to weep he stops there and he begins to weep because he knew he would not become what they wanted he knew that that he, they would he would never be in that moment what they desired and he also understood the people that were calling him king right now just a few days later would begin to scream crucify him he understood something more more was going on. I need to tell somebody today, no matter what you're facing, no matter what it looks like, no matter how dark this season may have seemed, there's something more going on. Heaven always has an agenda that transcends what we desire here on earth, and it's always better. Jesus is coming in now. He's weeping. He's brokenhearted. Why is he brokenhearted? Because he feels the sting of rejection. He's only fulfilling the prophecy because the Bible said he was destined to be despised and rejected of men. He said they failed to recognize me. They don't know that I'm here to be their Lamb of God. They have an agenda that they be delivered from Roman oppression. But I've come to do more than just set people free from a temporary king's rule. I've come to set the world free from the dredges of sin and bring people out of darkness and into marvelous light. He was weeping. Do you know why he was weeping? He was weeping because he knew he was not what they wanted, but he was what they needed. Have you ever had your heart broken? Have you ever wept and cried because you knew in reality, maybe I'm not what someone wants, but I'm absolutely what they need? Have you ever felt the sting of rejection because you have been in a place where you know, maybe as a father, I'm not what you want right now, but I'm what you need. Maybe as a mother, I'm not what you want right now, but I'm what you need. Every time I stand up and preach and sometimes I ruffle the feathers and I make people aggravated with me. It's not because I'm trying to get you to dislike me, but I know that there are times that I am not what you want. I have to be what you need. Oh, hallelujah. See, I've come to tell you today it's far more important to be what someone needs than it is to be what they want. Sometimes you got to be the father your teenager needs and not the father he wants. I wish I could find the church today. Sometimes you 
you got to be the mother that your child needs and not the mother that they want. Sometimes you got to be the friend that somebody needs and not necessarily the friend that they want. It was at this very moment that the Jewish leaders, these very ones who had conspired now, you remember the inception of the text that I read, they had conspired to kill Lazarus because Lazarus was a testimony of God's faithfulness and the miracle working power of Jesus and many people were believing because of what Jesus had done for Lazarus. That's why the devil fights you so hard. That's why the devil comes against you so often because he doesn't want people to see how good Jesus has been to you. He wants to assassinate your assignment and bring you into bondage because he knows every time people look at you, they see the faithfulness of God. Oh, if they want, listen, if you want to see a miracle, just look at me. Tell your neighbor, just look at me. Yeah, if you want to see a miracle, just look at me. Look at where I came from. Look at how good the Lord has been to me. Look at how far he's brought me. That's why I can't come to church and just go through religious ritual. Just look at me. That's why hell wants to kill and despise and reject you and bring you down because you are a testimony of the goodness of God here they are now and and Lazarus obviously is along with Jesus for the journey the Jewish leaders the religious folks are panicking they're upset they're trembling and afraid because they're in cahoots with the the Romans they've got the setup going man these Jewish elite are living the high life everything is phenomenal for them and suddenly they see their people waving palm branches shouting Hosanna come on and declaring Jesus is the king of the Jews and their honey got tight can I get a witness you ever just drew right up come on somebody they said my goodness what is going on and they go to Jesus and they say tell them to be quiet they gonna mess up a good thing here tell them they better shut up they gonna mess up a good thing here they're being too noisy now I want you to understand geographically where Jesus is he's at the sheep gate I've been there many times the golden gate the eastern gate the sheep gate he's, he's right there geographically and at that time all around the the sheep gates there were there were graves come on somebody there were burial plots and so they look at Jesus and they say hey tell them to quieten it off tell them tell them Shh, they're messing up this good thing we got going and Jesus looked at him and said man please he said if these don't praise me the stones are gonna cry out now, now we think of stones and we think of natural rocks. But as I was studying this, God gave me a revelation of where Jesus was. He was standing right by grave sites. He was standing right by stones. Hallelujah. He was standing right by the stones. He said, listen. He said, if these don't praise me, the people under these stones will get up and praise me. If these don't magnify me, me they'll come out of the grave and praise me Lazarus is standing right there if these don't praise me these stones will move out of the way and dead folk will get up and praise me and then he says ain't that right Lazarus come on somebody and aren't I able to bring the dead back to life see some of you here today it's for you need to understand me in this place if he's brought you back to life you don't need to be quiet about it I'm, I'm come to ask you has Jesus brought any dead thing back to life in your life? If he has, don't wait for somebody else to praise him. Why don't you stop right now and just give him a little bit of glory? Come on now. Has he raised you up? 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, you telling them to be quiet? If they start being quiet, dead folk will get out of the ground to give me praise because I'm going to be glorified. Now, now remember, remember, it's Lamb Selection Day, and I want to talk to you about what that process meant to Jewish families. There was a strict instruction manual about how the selection of the lamb and the process that the lamb went through was to take place. The Jews were instructed, here we go now, you ready? The Jews were instructed to choose a lamb that would take care of the whole family. He said, I want you to choose a lamb that's not just enough for you, but you're going to choose a lamb that's enough for you and your children and your children's children. I'm glad that I got me a lamb that's not just enough for me, but he's enough for my whole family. He's enough for me and my children's children. The lamb of God, Jesus Christ, is more than enough for your whole family. He's more than enough for your children and your grandchildren. I'm telling you, when you get the lamb, when you get Jesus, don't just get enough of Jesus for you. Get enough of him for somebody else. I feel like preaching. My, 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 Jesus is not just a snack pack for you. He's not just a little snack pack for you, but baby Jesus, the Lamb of God, he's enough for your whole family. My family's been feasting on Jesus for generations. My great-grandfather got Jesus. My grandfather got the Lamb. My father got the Lamb. Now I've got the Lamb. Now my children have the Lamb, and my children's children are going to have the Lamb. Did anybody have an encounter with Jesus and you got enough lamb that it's going to be for your whole family. Oh, come on now. Come on now. I'm glad that he's more than enough. He's all sufficient. He's not just a snack pack. Hallelujah. He's not just a nibble baby, but he's abundant and more than enough. I, I just need somebody right now that maybe, just maybe, you got enough lamb for your whole family. Stop and give him a praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on. I, I know that's a little much for somebody, but if you got enough lamb that you can share Jesus, give him a little bit of glory right now. Now, now watch this. The, the lamb is selected on Nisan the 10th. That's the natural lamb. But then he's taken and he's observed by the family for four days. He's looked at, he's, this lamb is interrogated, it's inspected because this lamb had to be without spot or blemish. This lamb had to be a perfect lamb. And isn't it amazing that Jesus comes in on Sunday, but for the next four days, Jesus is inspected. He's interrogated. At the same time the natural lambs were sacrificed, Jesus would have been offered to God. It's amazing to me how these things coincide. The lamb, as I said, spent four days being inspected to make sure that there wasn't a blemish. There's not a defect because only the perfect and the whole could be offered to God. And our Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, came in on Nisan the 10th on Lamb Selection Day. Our Lamb was inspected. He was interrogated. Ananias interrogated him. Caiaphas interrogated him. Herod interrogated him. Pilate interrogated him. The thief on the cross inspected him. But when they looked at him, they found that he didn't have a spot or a blend but he was the Lamb of God. Excuse me, that would take away the sins of the whole world. There's not a problem with Jesus. There's not a compromise in Jesus. He is a holy God. He was a worthy sacrifice. That's why, listen, you can't let Jesus down because you were never holding him up. He was holding you up, and he is a worthy sacrifice. We're not redeemed by our works. We're not redeemed or transformed by our goodness, even though we must get ourselves in position where we walk up rightly, the Bible says, before the Lord. There's somewhere in our walk where we transcend being bound by the flesh, and we are delivered by the blood of Jesus. But understand this. We are not redeemed by our works. We are not redeemed by our denomination. 
denominations. We are not redeemed by our religion, but Peter, who walked with Jesus, said it like this. We are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish or without spot. Oh, he was a worthy sacrifice. Hallelujah. Now, now watch this. This natural lamb was spit roasted. He was roasted on a, a, a spit called a crossbar. They laid that natural lamb on a crossbar and Jesus, the lamb of God, endured the fires of judgment for sin on a cross. See, there's a lot of reasons that I have to praise him. There's a lot of reasons that religion just doesn't do it for me. Being smooth and cool just doesn't do it for me. Having programs and prerequisites doesn't do it for me. When I think about the cross of Jesus Christ, when I think that I know the debt I could not pay and he paid a debt he did not owe. If you can't praise God for nothing else in this world, you ought to stop right now and say thank you for the cross. Thank you that you endured it. Endured it for me. Now the lamb, the lamb was spit roasted on a cross bar and I'm glad Jesus went to the cross for me. Make a little noise if you're glad that he went to the cross for you. The lamb, now watch this now. The lamb was to be completely consumed at the time of Passover. Now this began all the way back from the first Passover in Egypt. It was, and there was a certain way. Are you ready? That it was to be eaten. Don't miss this now. And the Bible said, and you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. So shall you eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. That may not sound like much to you, but I'm going to read it one more time just to make sure you get this down in your soul. He said, if you're going to eat it, eat it with the belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. He said, you better eat that lamb like you could be out of here at any minute. You better eat that lamb like you could transcend natural law and be extraterrestrial in a moment I know a lot of people don't believe in the rapture anymore but there's some people who are eating the lamb with an expectation that I could be out of here any minute I could be in heaven any minute I could be in glory any minute you can sit there and be religious if you want to but do you believe that as partakers of the lamb that we could be out of here at any time I'm telling you you better better eat it ready. You better be ready because Jesus is coming again. If I've never been convinced before, I'm convinced right now that there's going to be a trumpet blast and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with him in the clouds. I still believe that Jesus is coming again. I still believe in the rapture of the church. I still believe in the resurrection of the dead. I still believe in the power of an Almighty God and I'm ready. Lord, if you want to come, come on. Lord, if you want to split the clouds, split them right now. If you want that, oh God, if you're ready, I'm ready. How many of you can say, Lamb, I'm ready. Come on, come on. I'm, I'm tired of, 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 of teachers and preachers who refuse to talk about the coming of the Lord. Come on now. Who refuse to talk about the rapture and the resurrection and the power that's in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, the lamb was completely consumed. The lamb was consumed. All of it was eaten. And I would tell you today, you can't just choose the parts of Jesus you like. We want his redemption without his holiness. Come on, somebody. 
We want heaven without purity. We want, we want his benefits without transformation. We want this of Jesus, but not that of Jesus. But the instructions were to eat all the lamb. Tell somebody around you, eat all the lamb. Yes, yes. Now, now, now he was the lamb of God that day, Nisan the 10th. On Lamb Selection Day, he was the Lamb of God that day, and he's the Lamb of God right now. He was the Lamb of God 2,000 years ago, and he's the Lamb of God right now. But if you study God's Word, you'll find out there was something and is something called the progressive revelation of the Lamb. Now, I know that's a little bit deep. That's a little bit homiletical and hermeneutical. Come on, y'all. We're going deep now. I I got my PhD, my Pentecostal hairdo. Can I get a witness? But the reality is precious that there in the Bible you see the progressive revelation of the Lamb. In Genesis 3, do you remember when Adam and Eve fell? Do you remember that Jesus came, that our God, the Father, came looking for them in the cool of the day? And when he looked for them, they had fallen away. They had fallen into sin. And what happened was this. They had tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, but an animal is sacrificed and they are clothed with the warm bloody skins of that animal and that lamb is implied in Genesis 3 and then in Genesis 22 the lamb is identified do you remember when Abraham and Isaac are going up Mount Moriah and they are there to sacrifice this this boy they're gonna he's gonna sacrifice his son and Isaac says father I see the wood and I, I see the rocks and I see everything to build the altar but there's no sacrifice and suddenly Abraham responds prophetically and said the Lord himself will provide a lamb so there the lamb is identified then in Exodus 12 when the children of Israel are about to be delivered from bondage the last thing that they dealt with in the way of a plague was when the death angel came and took the firstborn and it was then that we find the sacrifice of the lamb and we find out that the power is not in the body of the lamb but it's in the blood of the lamb because he said take blood and put it over your doorpost he said take blood and put it on your doorstep he said put blood around your house see the power was not in the flesh of the lamb but the power was in the blood of the lamb I know a lot of preachers won't talk about it much anymore I know people don't want to hear much about it anymore but I still believe there's wonder working power in the blood of the lamb hallelujah are there any people here that still believe in the blood the blood that washes you the blood that cleanses you that blood that gives you power over death and the devil it's the blood hallelujah it is the blood so in exodus 12 we find out that the power is in the blood of the lamb oh my goodness i need to move forward but i need to tell somebody who's been fighting the devil that there's still power in the blood of the lamb. The death angel came through and said, I'm going to take him out. But when he saw the blood, he had to pass over. I need to tell somebody your children are not going to die. You, you, you're not going to, you're not going to be destroyed. You're not going to, you're not going to be overcome. There's still power in the blood of the lamb so so we see this progressive revelation the lamb is implied then the lamb is identified as a lamb and then all of a sudden we see the power really is in the blood of the lamb but then in Isaiah 53 we see something amazing because the Bible stops just being a natural lamb and he becomes a man and the Bible said the lamb was going to be led away he would be led away as a lamb come on y'all to the slaughter and then he said the lamb would be wounded for our transgression the lamb would be bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace would be upon the lamb and with the stripes of the lamb we are 
healed. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, he's not just a natural lamb anymore. All of a sudden, he's a man. And then all the way over in the book of John, John the Baptist gets a glimpse of him. And the first time John the Baptist sees him, John says he's not just a man, he's a man. He's, he's, he's a man, and he's the man. And that man's name is Jesus. And when Jesus comes up, John looks at him and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. I'm telling you, I don't know if you can praise God today, but I'm thankful for a lamb that takes away the sins of the whole world. Hallelujah. I said he takes away the sins of the whole world. And when Paul saw him, Paul said he's the sacrificial lamb. He would be the lamb that would pay the price for my sin, for my compromise. He would break the, he would break the hold of the enemy in my life. He's my lamb. I need somebody right now who's not ashamed to praise him. Give him praise right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still the lamb today. He's still the lamb today. He was the lamb 2,000 years ago when they rode it on a donkey, and he's the lamb right here, right now, today. And when you choose the lamb, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. When you choose the lamb, it doesn't matter what the enemy brings against you. There is wonder, working power in the blood of the lamb, wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities, chastisement of my peace laid upon him. With his stripes, I'm healed. Tell your neighbor, I'll take the lamb. Yeah, I don't know what you're having, but I'll have the lamb. I don't know what you came craving, but I'm craving the lamb. I don't know what you wanted, Calvary, but I want the lamb. I'm telling you, religion is not on the menu today. The special of the day is lamb. How many of you want the special of the day? I said, how many of you want the special of the day? Tell your neighbor, I'll have the lamb. My heart's been broken, I'll have the lamb. My children are struggling, I'll have the lamb. My body is sick, I'll have the lamb. My mind is troubled, I'll have the lamb. I don't know what you're having, but I'll have the lamb. I don't want just enough for me, but I want enough for my family. I want enough for my son. I want enough for my daughter. High five three or four people if you can and say, I'll have the lamb. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do I grow my church? Serve lamb. How do I attract people? Get lamb on the menu. We've had too much turkey. Let me make you mad. Too much turkey on the menu. Too much donkey on the menu. Too much elephant on the menu. Oh, it's quiet now. I want the lamb on the menu. Progressive revelation of the lamb. Okay? Genesis 3. The lamb is implied. Then, when Abraham is taking Isaac up the mountain, are you ready? <laughs> the lamb is identified as a lamb. Then, when the children of Israel are coming out of Egypt, right before Passover, we find out that the power is not in the body. Tell your neighbor, the power is in the blood. Whew. Tell your neighbor, we are the body of Christ. Uh, tell your neighbor, we are the body of the Christ. Tell somebody around you, we are the body of Christ. And the, and, and the power is not in the body. The power is in the blood. Come on, the power is not just in gathering. The power is in the blood. That's why we can't just come together, y'all, and be cute. I, I, can't, I can't afford at my age and in my place and with my responsibility not to preach to you the redemptive power of the blood because the power 
is in the blood. And then in Isaiah, the, the lamb becomes a man who would be wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. And our peace is laid upon him and with his stripes we're healed. And then John identifies him as the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole world. And then Paul calls him the lamb that, that, that became our sacrifice. It's so powerful because he became our sacrificial Passover lamb. But it's not over. The lamb is still the lamb. So here we are in the progressive revelation of the lamb. Where is the lamb now? See, in revelations, we see that the lamb is talked about and identified over 20 times. 20 times in revelations, we hear about the lamb of God <laughs> that takes away the sins of the whole world. In Revelations, Jesus himself identifies himself as the Lamb. John is there thousands of years ago. He transcended the Isle of Patmos and was taken into heaven. He's there on Patmos and he's been placed there to die because Titus Flavius had demanded to be worshipped as God and King. And the old apostle said, you're not fooling me. I know there's only one king that's worthy of worship, and his name is Jesus. So they exiled John the Baptist on Patmos, and they placed him there to die. They thought, sure, he's going to die here. If you transliterate, define the word Patmos, it literally means the dying place or the killing place. John was placed there to die, but instead of dying, he saw the lamb. Instead of dying, he saw the Lord. The Lord takes him into heaven and begins to show him the revelation of Jesus and the revelation of things to come. And it's right here that John said in Revelations 5, Then I saw a strong angel with a loud voice. And the strong angel with a loud voice said, Who is worthy to open the scroll and loose the seals? And no one, no one in heaven or earth, the Bible said, was able to open the scroll or to look into it. John said, so I wept. I wept and I cried. I wept because no one was found to be worthy to open it and read the scroll or to look in it. But one of the elders, verse 5, said to me, do not weep, John. John, don't cry. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has prevailed to open the scrolls and to loose the seven seals. And I looked, 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 and behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood, stood a lamb. A lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. That's the seven churches. He said, I saw the lamb that had been slain. Then he took, then he came and he took the scroll out of, my, out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one having a harp and golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints and they sang a new song to the lamb and they said you are worthy you are worthy to take the scrolls lamb of God you are worthy to open the seals lamb of God for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood oh lamb of God out of every tribe and tongue and and nation and now Lamb of God you have made us kings and you have made us priests and we shall reign on the earth then I looked John said and I heard a voice of many angels around the throne the living creatures the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands upon thousands saying with a loud voice seek Hamaniah Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And
and every creature which is in heaven and every creature which is in the earth and under the earth and such as in the sea and all of them I heard them say blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever and ever if you love the lamb give the lamb the glory tell your neighbor say i'll have the lamb oh my goodness he is worthy i'll have the lamb are you struggling have the lamb are you bound have the lamb are you broken have the lamb are you in need have the lamb do you have issues in your marriage have the lamb are you sick in your body have the lamb are you broken in your mind have the lamb are you weak have the lamb are you weary have the lamb do you need it have the lamb tell somebody i'll have the lamb i'll have the lamb i'm only here today everyone standing because in an atmosphere of many choices With so much on the menu God help me and I chose the lamb this special day this day at Calvary lamb is on the menu the special of today is lamb how many of you say I'll have the lamb yeah you can have the turkey but I'll have the lamb you can have the chicken come on now there's a lot on the menu religion is on the menu self-sufficiency is on the menu offense is on the menu pride is on the menu but let it be known at Calvary lamb is on the menu and as long as I'm pastor long as I have any influ influence, we're going to keep serving lamb. Somebody give God praise if that's what you want. Give the lamb praise. I'm selecting the lamb today. On lamb selection day, I'm selecting the lamb. There are some people that believe that, you know, God is providential and he is, but they press it so much to say that you and I don't really have a choice. We've been predestined and God only chose some and he rejected others. I, I really don't believe that. I believe that God chose everybody because he said it's my will that not any should perish. So that means he chose everybody. But 33, four years ago, when I met Dawn, I chose her. But we wouldn't be here today if she hadn't chose me back. See, the lamb chose you. The question is, will you choose him back? How many of you can say, I'll have the lamb? Oh, come on and give him praise if you'll have the lamb. Come on, if you're uninterested in just business as usual, but you want the lamb, put your hands together and lift your voice and say, God, I give you praise. I'll, I'll have the lamb. Now, now watch this. Remember, I, I shared with you the progressive revelation of the lamb. It would be understood as something called systematic theology it means that it occurred just as it was supposed to i showed you in this little text in this little lesson the lamb progressively revealed it took thousands of years but the bible said that he was slain before the foundations of the earth what does that mean that means before the world was ever created the lamb was already in place. That means before the world ever even fell, the lamb was already in place to be sacrificed. 
That means before you ever had a problem, Jesus already provided an answer. <sighs> but it tells me something else. The lamb is revealed. And it tells me this. When the lamb is involved, nothing can stop God's plan. Hallelujah. If you believe nothing's going to stop the plan of God for your life, come on and give the Lord the glory. Come here, John. Sing that line. Sing it. Sing it. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah. Oh, you ought to be able to sing that with fresh perspective. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.